Hey, gents, John checking in before the podcast again. This is just a replay of a live chat that I was in with a few guys talking about menswear uh, and taking some questions from the audience about brands and products and different things. Uh, it was George Laboda from Gents Lounge, also Atlas and Mason on Instagram, John Gafano from 40 Hour Fashion, and David from Threadability, and of course myself. Uh, Brock was not in this one, but we're going to get him in the next one. So enjoy this replay, and we'll see you in the next week. For those of you guys that don't know, should we do a little intro? Um, who wants to go first? Youngest first. All right, so David, you're up. That's me. All right. Uh, I'm David K. I am kind of a fresh content creator, but I run Threadability. Um, so started on Instagram doing mentor and lifestyle and talking about confidence and how that mixes into how you dress and into your personal style and kind of recently launched the YouTube channel to support that. Awesome. And I'm based in Denver. Very cool. Uh, one of the Johns. John Shanahan from The Cavalier. I do reviews on the best menswear out there on the internet. Started around 2015, so I feel like an elder statesman at this point. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing it a long time. And then yeah. John from 40 Over Fashion. Yeah, I'm John Galfano, and I run the uh, website and the YouTube channel 40 Over Fashion, where I provide content that surrounds men's lifestyle for grown-ups. Basically, gentlemen between the ages of 35 and 65. Awesome. So we're over 40. Yeah, we got everybody yeah. in here now. Um, I got a few questions before we jumped in. So I think this is probably a good one to start with, which we all we all do this full time, correct? At the moment. Okay, so yes. Kendall Williams asks, I love all the content you guys put out. I've been watching you guys for years. Um, menswear and style are a passion of mine. But I'm trying to find a way to make money with them. He works the, he works for Apple right now and tailors clothes on the side, but he's wondering how to make money and make men's style a full-time job. I worked at Apple for four years. That's some of the best uh, experience that you can get there. I'd say enjoy your time while you have it there, but definitely chase that passion on the side. If tailoring, I think tailoring and a trade are so powerful right now. And I think you're seeing that right now there's a lot of stuff shut down, but to have a skill uh, I think a great example of this is Potter and Sons, right? They were cobblers, uh, Trent, Trent and Heath on YouTube. They were cobblers, they have expertise, and they transfer that into video, and that gives them a lot of authority in this space. And so the more, if you're into that, keep chasing that and going, and then you'll be able to find you know revenue sources as you take that path. Awesome. They got pretty popular pretty quickly. Um, I haven't looked at their channel for a little while, but I remember talking to them at Minfluential, and they were telling me about the growth that they've been seeing, which is crazy and awesome for them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, I don't know about you guys, but for me, uh, there's no way I would have done this full-time unless I was forced into doing it. Because, like, I always loved fashion. It was always, like, a passion of mine. But I, I worked at Discovery Channel. I had a nice job editing TV shows and um, then everything kind of fell apart. So I jumped into this full time because it was kind of what I had to do. But if I didn't get that kick in the butt, I don't think I ever would have took took the leap. Um, so yeah, everyone everyone says, actually someone said, John, your, your hair looks crazy. It suits you though. Yeah, I need a lower third so people know who I am. I'm, I'm unrecognizable right now. <laughs> oh, I got I got you on the lower thirds for your own uh, your own screen. 
Yeah. Yeah. You're right. People there. recognize my picture. My my James Bond guys are always back there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, guys, if you guys have any questions right now, um, drop them in the comments below and we will answer them. What are you guys drinking right now? Uh, I've got a, I think it's a 18 Tempranillo, nothing too fancy. Picked it up yesterday from one of the local wineries here. <laughs> there you go. Sounds way fancier than nothing fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I have a nice apple spice tea in my Art of Manliness mug. There you oh, go. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's sundown here. You guys on the West Coast. It's, uh, I know. We still got a I little I just put light. the kids to bed. Dude, what's it like there, George? It was almost 100 today. It was 98 Ooh. here. It was, wow. yeah. It's hot. It's hot. Yeah, I decided wow. to bust open the blanton so i'm mm. i'm pouring this one today <laughs> i've had the the nick offerman lagavulin sitting in my in my cabinet just waiting to be opened so. i mean there's no better time than the present <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so we got it we got another question um which celebrities do you guys look just which celebrities you guys look for for style inspiration I'll go. I don't know that I really do, to be to be really honest. Not that I'm not always, but I don't know that I necessarily look to celebrities personally. Um, I know that I will, you know, see an event or a red carpet something where there are celebrities that I, you know, do like and do watch, and I will pay attention to what they're wearing. But I don't necessarily know that I look up to anyone for inspiration. What about you guys? I don't, I don't have any specific actors or celebrities, but uh, like Daniel Craig in when he played Benoit Blanc in Knives Out, like I love his character. And so I'll look oh. at some characters more than actors themselves because generally actors don't have the – there's very few actors that actually have like great personal style. And they have great stylists. Yeah, I was just exactly. more the stylist, I feel like, when I'm looking, let's say, at award season or something like that, when you're seeing everybody dressed up. So I'm, I'm kind of on the same note. I don't really look to celebrities specifically. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think, you like, like John said, movies are a great inspiration. And then kind of like red carpet styled looks are probably... But like for casual style, I think there's a lot other people that dress better casually. <laughs> But I mean, I, yeah. Ryan Gosling has good personal style. Like, I think that, I think I feel like that's actually him. Like, I feel like he puts his looks together. Um, he does well. But you know, then then you get guys that look great in movies, but then you see them on like street style photos, and you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, someone I never understand. I understand GQ has an obsession with Jonah Hill <clears throat> yeah. and the way that he his street style, but I I don't get it's, it. It's well because like he wears all the hype stuff that every like all yeah. the hype yeah. are into. So that, that makes sense. Um, all right, next question. Can I tuck a polo shirt in with chinos or jeans? Which belt if I do? I say yes, uh, 100%. Yeah, I say yeah, yeah, it depends on the length of the polo, but of course, yeah, I'd say yes too. I think you'd also look at a casual belt. I mean, you could do like a canvas belt like a or something belt. casual, something woven, uh, but you definitely still want to try and get it close to the shoes. Like if you're wearing brown, brown belt, black, uh, but yeah, it's something casual definitely i would definitely i mean i think i tuck my polos more than i don't tuck my polos same now the, these days i'm more of a tucker i used to be a total untucker but now because it, well, it, well, <laughs> it really it really depends on like how high waisted your pants are yeah. like if you have like low-rise jeans do not tuck a polo into that because it's gonna look really bad 
Um, you need like a mid rise or a high rise to kind of level everything out and elongate your legs, and then it'll it'll fit when you tuck in the polo. So yes, um, let's see. Next question. Somebody asked, or Luis asked. I probably missed this, but what was everyone's profession before doing YouTube full time? So I worked for Discovery Channel. I covered that. Yeah, David. Uh, I was a commercial contractor. I was building a casino before this. Nice handyman. I, w I worked in technology. I worked at Apple for four years. I had a bunch of roles there, sales manager, uh, training. And then I worked in B2B predictive analytics for retailers, which gave me the exposure in the retail industry to basically how a product went from sketches to being sold in stores in the supply chain. That's dope. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was a photographer for probably close to 10 years before this. And a race car driver. <laughs> race car driver. Oh. <clears throat> Boy, way back when I worked, <laughs> show my age here. I worked before, um, before I started doing photography full time. Um, I, I worked for the same company for 22 years. And the last probably 15 or 16 years of, of uh, my tenure there, I worked in technical support, customer service. And like, I was ready to go. <laughs> I was ready to go. Yeah, but it's crazy because I ended up working myself into a position where, so I'm not gonna take up all the bandwidth, but my father had passed away back then. And like, I kind of realized that like life is too short to just hate your job and to hate what you do. And I would come home just like hating life. And it was all because of the job that I had. Anyway, so I go in, I'd saved a bunch of money. And uh, my wife and I at the time, I was like, I need to quit. Like, let's just make a go of the, of the photography thing full time. You know, we've got some savings. Let's do it. So I go in to quit. And then the president of the company took me in his office and said, hey, we know you're doing the photo thing. We want to start an audio visual department. So we can, you know, broadcast our training videos and make this whole thing global. Would you be interested in heading up this new AV department? And I was like, well, that sounds cool. I'll do it if I can do it part time. So I could still pursue my passion and then still retain benefits. So I did that for about a year, a year and a half. And then 2009 happened and my department became unnecessary. So they let me go, which is, I was a little butthurt about it, but it was kind of nice because that's what I wanted a year ago. I wanted to go and do my own thing. So that forced me into doing my own thing. And it was, it's been great ever since. That's awesome. Um, let's see. Another question from Andrew. What would you guys recommend for a young man in his early 20s suit wise? Like what, what's a good suit? Probably a more affordable for someone, you know, not making crazy amounts of money, I would imagine. Like what's the best first suit? Do you go? Do you? You can try and them? I mean you can try and thrift. Yeah. I know that's that's always talked about. You can try and thrift and then go to our buddy, go to our tailor over yeah. there who can make it fit really well. Like I would say one of the best places to start with a like a made to measure suit if you want to get that first made to measure. I mean I, I know George talks a lot about Indochino. Like they're really tough to beat for the price, yeah. and you're gonna get a way better fit with a lot less hassle than trying to thrift for it. Yeah, I mean you can still get a little bit of. Like you can find a, especially if you're kind of like a skinnier shape, like I feel like it's easier to thrift things when you don't have much shape to your body because then the tailor can just take things in. But like when you have to start letting things out and expanding and taking in and letting things out, it gets a little hairy that way, which is why 
Like I always recommend Indochino because no matter what shape you are, you're going to get a great fitting suit for two ninety nine. You know, like they always have a sale where there's suits for two ninety nine. And if you go to places like H and M or Top Man, you're still going to pay what end up paying like two fifty, two hundred for a suit, and then you're going to have to do forty dollars worth of tailoring to make it fit well. So for fifty bucks more, it it seems like a no brainer. You yeah, I've never seen George. a fast fashion. Uh, I've never seen a fast fashion suit like that really like look great. No, it's all it's all about price. Indochino is probably the best place to really to really start in there. But yeah, it should be navy or charcoal and a nice you know notched lapel, and you'll be looking sharp. Yeah, not too skinny, not too wide, just a nice middle of the road. You had pretty good luck, George, with the J.C. Penney stuff. Yeah, a while ago. I mean, J.C. Penney seems to fit my body type very, very well. You know, like, I did. I did a blog post. This is probably going back seven or eight years. I did a blog post where I bought the Jay Farrar suit yeah. from J.C. Penney. I mean, not good fabric and not you know amazing construction. You know, it had the whole bat wing thing, the low armholes. Yeah. But I think I paid like $149 for both pieces. And I think I spent 60 bucks in tailoring. Yeah. And the whole blog post was, you know, how to make a really affordable suit, you know, $150 suit look like a, you know, $2,000 suit kind of right. thing. And it's make it, make it fit. That's the, yeah. that's the only thing that matters. Yeah. <laughs> and don't lift coming out of this current, high. coming out of this current retail environment, Macy's and JCPenney are going to have some hella deals. Yeah. So, Oh, yeah. It could yeah. be the time to, to snap some up. I mean, what, Barney's and Neiman Marcus just filed for bankruptcy. So it's, yep. I'm reading a comment here. I'm not, I'm, I'm stealing Bobby Reed's comment. He just said that they. I haven't heard that. Wow. Yeah. He, said, yeah, he just asked how, like, po- how could retail possibly survive this? I mean, this was all, so this was all coming. I actually wrote a video on this like a year ago and I haven't really done it yet. But uh, I've done videos where I talked about J. Crew and Nordstrom. They're, they're really in trouble. J. Crew before this had $3 billion in debt and just like they could not really get over there. And so a lot of specialty retail that we know, just like Gap and Banana Republic and J. Crew and all these mall brands, like they're going to have a lot of trouble getting out of this. Express, same thing. It's like any of these brands that were out in all the malls, they're going to owe rent, employees. It's going gonna, it's gonna to look very different going forward. Oh, definitely. Um, all right. This, cool. oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I enjoy listening to John's perspective when it comes to the retail space because he's like really, yeah, he does a really good job sort of explaining how all that stuff works. And you understand. Neiman Marcus, it. like Neiman Marcus won't go away. That brand will live on. But as far as how many stores there are, how many malls there are, this is the thing that was like the whole mall system was ready to buckle before this. And this is just going to be the final nail for a lot of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So this, this one's actually a fun. Fun question. Um, what can you do if everyone around you starts copying your style? I'd be flattered. Yeah, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'd be but, pretty flattered. <laughs> but I feel like as the person that you are, you want to be the person that stands out, that finds the next thing. If you're like the cutting edge of fashion for your friends, you keep you have to keep pushing the envelope, right? Hmm. So, I mean, take it as a form of flattery that people want to dress like you and people want to wear the same stuff. And chances are, if you know what you're doing, I'd say you'll pr- you're probably wearing it better than they are. Just because you're wearing the same things doesn't mean they're wearing it the same way that you're wearing it. And there's different ways to like every any like we could all wear a blue blazer tomorrow, and I guarantee we'd all look different. So you know, don't don't look too much into it. I would I would be flattered if my friends start trying to dress more like me. 
Absolutely. Anybody else got a take on that? Have you ever, have it, like, I know some people that like, like I've asked people like, where'd you get that? And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. Like they won't, it makes me so <laughs> mad when people won't tell me where they got stuff. Cause I'm like, that's sick. Like, it's not like I'm going to go buy it tomorrow, but also maybe like that store might have something else that I'd like. Sharing. I sharing. Yeah, I, I agree. First it's flattery. Um, I don't know necessarily that you need to do the next thing now. Like, okay, well, everyone caught up to me. Now I need to do this to like be a little more bold and then they'll catch up to me and I need to do another trendy kind of a thing. But I, George makes a great point. Like maybe you're wearing it better. They might be wearing the same thing, but maybe you still like the three of you walk in a room together, you're all kind of wearing similar stuff, but the way you carry yourself and the way that you wear your items might just make you look 10 times better. Yeah. yeah. I can't say that I've had somebody exact, like one of my friends exactly copy my style, but if, yeah, flattery, absolutely. If they're taking recommendations and buying the same shirt, I'm stoked. It happens, though, too. It's like it's crazy. And I've had this happen to me on numerous occasions where, you know, you're the one that looks just a little bit better than everyone else in your social circle. And then the next time you get together for, like, game night or whatever, you know, Bob all of a sudden is wearing his tuck, he tucked his shirt in for yeah. the night. or he's got a cool pair of shoes on or whatever it is. And you just kind of go, okay. Yeah. I used, you I used, you I used, notice it. I used to have a buddy like that all the time. Like he'd be like, George, look, I, I got this, I got this button down. Like, look, look at it. I'm like, dope. That's cool. Like, it's cool that they're, you know, they're trying like that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I never, I never looked at it as a bad thing. Yeah, the, the, the wives and girlfriends always want to know where you shop because they want to go shop there for their significant other. Yes, exactly. Well, but that's the thing is like, if you're not the same exact size and look as your friend, things are going to fit differently. Like Blake and I are like the exact opposite people and we wear like completely different brands. Because like if I, if I put on any style of jeans that Blake ever tries to wear, even if they were my waist size, they would not fit me at all they'd be like skin tight like i wouldn't be able to move in them so it, it does depend on you know your shape as a person which brands are right for you um all right so we got a shoe question i feel like this is like the golden shoe question coyo common projects in terms in terms of quality which one also john do you think oliver cabells are worth the 188 dollar price point Oh, they're worth the $188 price point for sure. Uh, the common projects thing, I think for me, they're indistinguishable as far as build quality, leather quality. But if you want to have the the label on the back, right, the little numbers that says the style and everything, get the common projects because that's what people want it for. If you want something that's a little bit different, that's where the Koyos really come in clutch. Yeah. I, I completely and they're agree. slightly less. Like Even if you go full retail, they're slightly less than common projects still. But everybody finds common. Right now is a great time to find common projects on sale. For your, <laughs> your favorite retailers. Click the link below. Swipe up. Yeah, yeah. swipe up. <laughs> all right. Um, next one. I feel like this is going to be interesting for all of us. What is the best underwear out there? Like, what's what's the number one? Yeah. Wow. I'll let you guys go because I have a lot No, of I was gonna I was gonna pass that baton to yeah. you, my friend. You've got all the underwear. Yeah. <laughs> Sacks. I was li I literally just got interviewed by NBC News today about underwear because they found one of my videos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> underwear uh, my king. favorite my favorite bar none is the Mack Weldon Airnet X. It's a polyamide blend and it's has this like airy texture to it and it's so breathable, so comfortable, buttery, smooth. 
And like, if I'm going, if I ever want, I'm like digging through my drawer, that's the one I'm pulling out. Right now I'm wearing a pair of Thieves. I think they're so good for the price and they actually recreate a lot of the feeling of the Airnet X. And so that's like a really good starter. But I love Saks too. Saks has one of the best pouch designs yes. of the pouches because it, you don't have to do anything to get it to fit. It like you don't have to like slides all in there. In. Yeah. And that's how some of the other pouch designs are. And so, yes. Yeah, I can't get really on board one. with the pouch design. I can't get on board with those for some reason. They're just too weird for me. I can't, I can't. Have you tried it. Saks though? Cause it's completely different than most of them. Saks. I, I think they sent me some stuff. Is that the one that has the sack and the hole? No, no, no. Oh. That's sheath. Yeah. Oh, okay. So sheath, sheath is just kind of like cradles it on the it. side. Like if this okay. is your balls, it's just like the other ones. Like <laughs> exactly. you got to be like. In there. <laughs> I hope somebody screenshot of that. The, the, the best part, the best part about a lot of those designs, though, is the fabrics they use, which is why I like the Airnet X a lot. Is they use a really nice performance fabric on top of the pouch design, and so that like Saks has some of the best stuff for that. They have really nice fabrics. Their their gym shorts are amazing because they got the underwear huh. built in and their spandex and they're lined with their gym shorts. Like, and they last forever. Like, I've had a pair of Saks gym shorts for like three years, and I work out like five days a week. Well, I used mm -hmm. to. Now I work out like two days a week. But, <laughs> um, all right. Next next question. This might be fun. What is the best <clears throat> advice to get your first video sponsored as a new YouTuber? Well, was that the best advice for getting a video sponsor? Yeah, how do you get, how do you, what's, what should you do to get your first video sponsored? Make uh, a bunch of content before that happens. Yeah. I was Have say. a dedicated, engaged, and loyal audience. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could reach out, reach, like email people, because some people need content just on their own. If you're willing to make good content, you have to make good content first. If you're willing yeah. to make good content for brands for like their personal use, that's that's a way to get your YouTube sponsored because you're doing some work for them, but then you can make a video with their stuff. It's indirect. Yeah, someone, but... I just kind of did. Like, I just kind of secured my first one on that, and it was about talking message to finding a common ground and making sure that we were uh, sharing the same kind of thing. So we connected on that, and it just clicked. So I think at first, though, it's um, it's it's a lot of trade stuff. Like we'll send you a free pair of shoes or we'll send you whatever it is um and then you do a video about it and i think that's where it starts for a lot of us that's where that's where it started for me um and then it just sort of builds and grows from there you do a good job they come back the next time they give you a pair of shoes and a pair of boots and then you can do another video about that and so it's like okay well if the shoes retail for 200 dollars, you're basically getting 400 dollars retail value worth the product to them is probably only $70, but um, it's a good way to start to talk about a brand right. and the brand will give you talking points. It's a good way to start and practice on delivering the brand's message in your voice, but using their talking points and then how to, you know, show it and put it on and do B roll. And it's, it's a great way to start and practice. So the and free you can, thing, you can always use affiliate links to start and make money yeah. that way. Um, especially when you're starting out to grow. So basically it's just get paid per click and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, at least if you can, you can reach out to brands and say that you'd love to feature their boots and, you know, sometimes giving a free t-shirt or a free pair of jeans is not that big of a deal for a bigger brand that, you know, if you're putting out great content, very easy to make that. Like if I had a brand, I'd make that call. Like, sure, I'll send you a pair of shoes. 
Um, yeah, I would say I also started featuring them before we had deals too. So if I already had their stuff or as brands that I liked anyway, right? Show show love like because you featured. actually yeah. like the brand, not because they yeah, want to sponsor you. All right, so people people want the recommendations from us. Um, <clears throat> recommendations for a good fitting denim jacket. Some can look too short. It, um, okay, is it just good to try on and see? I'll take this one because I wear the crap out of that Hudson denim jacket. Um, I think what you're referring to is how like a denim jacket is cut. Like they're cut short. So if if you're the type of guy that doesn't wear his pants at his waist or has like a little sag in his in his drawers, um, I would definitely it, it's going to look a little weird because most denim jackets fall like right above your waistline. That's just how they're cut. The sleeves are longer and then the the waist of the jacket is shorter. But yeah, I would definitely go to, you know, go to a mall and try on like six or seven different denim jackets, look in the mirror, take a photo. Um, and then, you know, you can even order six online and send five back. Like I'd, I'd, I'd buy a few and then, cause return policies are easy these days. I'd recommend getting a couple, trying them on at home for a couple days and then seeing what, what you like, what looks good in the mirror, ask people for opinions, but that's what I got. There's actually a company. There's a company, Woody's, that just launched custom, like made-to-measure <clears throat> denim jackets wow. for like just over a hundred dollars. I got one. I, they did a Kickstarter, but I got one that's Sherpa-lined. It's a trucker design, Sherpa-lined. Yeah. And for me, I'm six four with long arms, and so it's the first denim jacket for me that fits my arms, fits my torso. It's slim, and so that that is coming. And so okay. uh, I think they're on their site by now. I think you can see that Woody's. And uh, they have a fit guarantee, so if you don't, if you get it, you don't like it, then just Woody's.com. Yeah, or Woody. I think it's Woody's clothing. I think yeah, Woody's.com. That could, that could be a dangerous yeah, website to type in. Woody's.com. Yeah. <laughs> go to pen. Go to pen <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Woody. Woody's clothing. <laughs> Dude, I, I could go grab it downstairs. When the when the first like internet just came out, my friends were my friend's dad was looking for Dick's Sporting Goods, and he just typed in Dick's.com. <laughs> And we were all like 12 years old and we were just like, no. <laughs> that reminds I was me of looking at like weather.com. I misspelled weather once. It was probably going back 10 years. I misspelled the word weather and I got some like animal bestiality website. It was crazy. <laughs> and it was like, I would, I'd mixed up the E and the A and the H or something. So it was like somebody did that on purpose. Like they named their website weather.com. Dang. I mean, if it's available... Yeah, we got to grab like DickSportingGood.com. Yeah. <laughs> Dick Sporting Great. Do the same thing. Yeah. Um, all right, this one's fun. What? What? I guess. What are your favorite colognes? Like, what's your number one go-to if you could only pick one cologne ever? Well, not ever, but like right now, what would be the what would be the choice? David. Oh shoot! I have to go grab. Them. I've been using. Um, well, I've been using nothing right now, to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, Who's that by? Who uh, makes that? Um, <laughs> shoot. I'm not like a super big fragrance guy, so it, it escapes me. But I've been using a Dior brand cologne just because I like the – it's a little bit sweeter. I like the way it smells, but it's not too overpowering. So, And then um, Beard Brand's new colognes they just released. I've been enjoying those as well. Nice. Yeah, I love their Tree Ranger smell. I have their yeah. sea salt spray and Tree Ranger. I would, I would wear their colognes. Mine is – Mont Blanc Individuel, I, that's like a really good, just like, that's awesome. uh, it's not plain, but it smells really good. What I've always wanted though, and I know you've done some stuff with 
Creed. George <laughs> is uh, is is Irish Tweed. I want that one so bad. And every time I like go to order it, something I get diverted for some reason. So eventually, so I will. I'm gonna I'm gonna be right honest. There. Like <laughs> I, I have one of my subscribers sent me one two three four five Creed fragrances in this little these little things. And oh, it was some, actually four, yeah. and then some other thing. Uh, Roja, Roja Danger is another one that he sent me. Okay. Not What's your a, review? Much, what's that? What's your review? Um, not get Irish so much tweet? a fan of the Roja Danger, uh, uh, but man, every single Creed thing here is amazing. <laughs> so I've got this. It's, Creed, it's a Creed, Creed equals chick magnet. Yeah. So Green Irish Tweed is is a mega hit, and of course Aventus. I have another bottle, a big bottle of Aventus, and this is uh, Silver Mountain Water. That's awesome too, uh, which is pretty good. And then uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. Is it uh, somebody before I butcher that? Lasam Imperial. Yeah, that, that's my <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my favorite cologne <laughs> of all time. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, the new, the new Aventus cologne, not like the original Aventus, the silver yeah. bottle one. Like my wife has never been so like attracted to me in my life. Like she was like, <laughs> she literally like what? She literally asked, she's like, "What are you wearing?" That's like the best you've ever smelled. So you know, <laughs> if if your significant other likes it, that's probably the best cologne for you. But um, I still have, I still have a little bit in the little sample that we got. Yeah. One night, dude. I I love that. Um, yeah, that was good. John, quick question though. Green Irish Tweed. Do you feel that it's versatile enough to wear like all the time? No, it's that's just, why like the individual is like yeah. a really good. You can wear it all the time, every day. I think Irish Tweed is like special occasion. Like, you you got to suit up for that. It doesn't feel right without yeah. a suit on. Yeah. Did you guys try this one? I haven't. Mont Blanc Legend Spirit. No. Oh yeah, I've heard that sim I heard that one's similar to the individual. It's like a, a refreshed version of that. But I have like I have a, a huge bottle of the individual. I gotta wait. Yeah. I, I do have this, both of Jeremy fragrances. <laughs> that is like I mean, whenever whenever I do a fragrance, I'm not like a fragrance guy, even though I, I have a lot of it. I don't really talk much about it. But whenever I do make a fragrance video, this is like day, night, all season set it and forget it it's just amazing it lasts forever lots of compliments so personal experience that's awesome um all right next i skipped a few questions here but how do you think young guys can incorporate classic menswear items into outfits without looking dorky or like they're trying too hard like i, I would assume probably college or high school age for this let's let's we'll preface it that way uh, I, okay, so I have a couple opinions. First of all, I think like a tailored pair of slacks, even if they're from your suit or whatever it is, with sneakers, polo, dressed down casually, I think that's, I love doing that. That's a go-to for me. And then my second issue is, or my second point to that is, why do you not want to look like you're trying, I guess? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I feel like it, it, it comes down to confidence, one. Like if your friends in high school are like, why you always suited up? Why you look so good? Like it's it's more probably because they're jealous that right. they're not dressing like that and they don't want to have to try harder. But also you have to like kind of have that not give a shit attitude that lets you, you know, wear what you want and kind of, you know, be yourself. 
Yeah, absolutely. I just like if you're putting some effort in, I don't think there's any shame in putting some effort in <laughs> or looking like you're putting effort in. I feel like I'll probably say this like 30 times before we're done with this live, but if your clothes fit, you're going to be fine. Just make sure right. ta- like if you have if you have a blazer and like trousers on, but your pants are too wide, your pants are too long, your blazer's like a size too big, um, then you look dorky. You don't you don't necessarily just because you're wearing a blazer and you have menswear items on doesn't mean that like you know you still might get made fun of because of that because of the fit so like fit is the most important thing on earth yeah i'd say that was my biggest mistake when i started down this road like i had pictures from high school where i was supposed to have been dressed up for like you know we had a a game right Mm -hmm. you had to like dress up yeah and i just looked bad because i was wearing uh, no it's a swimmer Uh. Uh, and lacrosse. We had to dress up. Jeez. Yeah, we had to dress up <laughs> yeah. for hockey games. Well, you didn't oh, yeah. have to dress up for swimming. That's <clears throat> rough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, and so I remember, like, I would, I would feel bad wearing what I had because it didn't fit, and uh, that was probably my biggest. Right. So there. you, you even knew it didn't fit, but you just had to wear it because I didn't know it didn't fit. I just knew it felt wrong, mm. and I looked, mm-hmm. and it didn't look right, yeah. and it was like if, and I could see now in the pictures it didn't fit right, but my mom didn't care <laughs> well I, mean, I remember i went to like i went to express to get like a graduation suit for eighth grade or high school or something and they were fitting me for the suit and they're like okay the sleeve should come down to this first knuckle of your thumb and you know i i was wearing like a 42 long when i was like 165 pounds and like like i wear i wear a 42 regular right now and i'm like 40 pounds heavier so i i remember my first homecoming I went to I got my suit pants tailored so like I had like a half break when I sat down like I would I would sit down and my pants would still touch my shoes like they were so <laughs> long but I mean it was a different different era like if you look at all the even like NBA draft guys from the 90s and early 2000s they were just massive like huge suits are we all watching the last dance on ESPN I need to start it. I have it queued. Uh, Speaking I'm, of the fashion of that era, I'm quarantined man, with my wife, so like I gotta find some. I gotta carve out some free time. <laughs> I think she would. I mean, she's a '90s kid, right? Yeah. I think she, I think she would be into it. She's, a, it's a she's lot a of Sacramento it's way Kings more, fan, though. It's way more cultural, though. I, I mean, it does get into some of the games, but it's way more about the culture of the '90s and how Jordan was prominent in there. I think I think you might you might get her hooked. Okay, well, we'll give it. I mean, I got it queued up, so yeah, have John Seller yeah. on it. That just sold me. <laughs> <laughs> we can have a speaking party. of the fashion of that time, like you have MJ in like this double breasted, it looked, it looked so it looks so bad now. I'm sure back then it was like it was amazing, but if you look at some of the style those bulls are coming in on in the 90s, it's it's rough, yeah. Um, all right, so quick, another quick question Do any of you guys shine your own shoes? If so, how often? Yeah, I have the Kirby Allison like starter kit. It came with like every bottle of Saphir and Renovator that I could. I try to do it at like at least before I wear the shoe. I'll like take five or six minutes and like just shine it. But I haven't done you know like a full sit down and shine. I actually just got shoes back from the Elegant Oxford from Preston. I sent some shoes out to him. Uh, I think. If you don't have the gear, send it to somebody. Take it to a tailor. Take it to a shoe shine. Like have it done in a really nice way, and then just have some sort of light polish that you can put on uh, every time you wear them because you still want them to look clean. Yeah, I have that like 
that kind of like oiled brush that you can just kind of like brush over your shoes. So like every time I pull something out of the the closet or the box, I'll wipe it down. But I don't I don't ever do a full. I've I've honestly never learned how to do like a full shoe shine. I wish we lived in New York so I could just like sit on a subway and just like get it done. But like there's nobody in LA unless you take it to like a shoe guy or a tailor or something like that, which there's plenty. You can find it if you Google it and they'll probably all do a phenomenal job. I think a lot of people just, one, probably don't spend enough money on their shoes. So they're like, once the sole wears down or they look dirty, I only spent 75, 90 Throw it away. on them. I'll just get another yeah. one. Which, you know, if you spend $400, $500 on a pair of shoes, you probably want to get those resold and keep them looking nice for a few more years than the, the $50, $75 ones. Yeah, Elegant Oxford on YouTube. He makes amazing shoe polish. He'll okay, does, does, and he'll shine them for you if you send them to him? Oh, yeah, you can send them to him too, yeah. He does great tutorials. Yeah. Speaking of way of make money with your hobby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This one's fun. Another sh we got a lot of shoe questions. Um, any tips on keeping the white midsoles clean? Like, how do you, how do you, that's the toughest thing ever. I've got a few, but anybody else? Jason, Jason Mark, is that the brand, yeah, the cleaning the, brand? Yeah. I have that and it works really, really well. Yeah. Jason Mark, uh, Crep. Um, Crep. Um, yeah. I, I have that one. That's good. They have, they have the wipes, but also like a, um, Magic like eraser. Hammer magic eraser. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was going to say. That. Yeah. Mr. Clean. <laughs> oh, clean Mr. you right Clean. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Even like before Clorox wipes were a hot commodity to come by, I bust out <laughs> one of those occasionally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, if you really want to get into it, you can do like, uh, like baking soda and, um, a toothbrush, but you got to be very careful depending on what is on the upper part of that sole that you don't get it on that, but it'll, it'll do yeah. pretty well. Um, but yeah, the, my three-year-old daughter has white Crocs. We hit that thing with a magic eraser. They're white. They're white as could be. See, I mean, that's that was like I think big, everyone's biggest like fear of buying white shoes back in the day was because once you scuffed them, they're like, oh, they're done. They're dirty. Because like I remember my dad's like mowing the lawn shoes that just had that green ring. <laughs> oh, totally. I have a pair like that. I'd, I'd be curious to see what Jason Mark could do to a pair of those. That'd be a good before and after thumbnail. There you go. Dude, I will I'll take my Koyos. I'll get my Koyos out and uh, turn them into my lawn shoes for this summer. I wore, I wore a pair of Vans to like, like a, a concert and they just got destroyed. Like they were like straight black. And I cleaned them with Jason Mark, and they looked straight up brand new, which was amazing. Wow. So, Jason Mark. All right. Um, my buddy Miguel, who does all of our cocktail content on Gents Lounge, he asked what we were all drinking today. So, I got Blanton's bourbon. Um, I think John is drinking Rabbit Hole whiskey. Or uh, David. Me. Sorry, David's got the Rabbit yeah, Hole. John's yeah. got the... <laughs> The light 2018 Tempranillo, and then other John has spiced apple cider tea. This is an apple tea. Apple yeah. tea. Bone apple tea. But I have that same Blanton's. I've had apple I've tea. had some down. There. Yeah. If we stay out long enough, I'll just get the whole bottle down. So we'll see. I mean, <laughs> that sounds like a challenge, and I'm willing to take that. <laughs> We'll keep see. the questions coming we'll yeah, see we, we were on for a while the other night with with brett we we went for a little we went yeah for a while. i i drank like three quarters of that whiskey bottle 
I think Brett was feeling pretty good too that night. He drank a lot. Brett, yeah, Brett was like half, didn't he? Or? Well, when we first jumped on, Brett was like, "I'm feeling it, George. I'm feeling it a little bit." <laughs> yeah, then we even went for another like couple hours after that. He was pretty pie-eyed by the end of the thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So this is this one. This question is from from me. I, I asked David this um, on his live session the other day. But when people look at your YouTube channels or Instagrams, like what do you hope they get from it versus what what do you think they get from it? Because I've I've had so many comments that like come at me like I'm this like guy that's unapproachable, like you could never talk to me, you could never come up and like say hi to me. And I feel like I don't mean to give off that impression, but it somehow happens, which I hate because I'm trying to fix that. Like I wish everyone would just DM me and leave a comment because I'm down to talk to pretty much everybody. Uh, I'll jump on that one just really quick because I am sort of in the process of um, exploring that and evaluating that. I think that the, I would hope anyway, and this is the message that I get back from a lot of people is I, um, I'm likable and approachable and relatable on YouTube, but on Instagram, I'm not. So I don't know the message where, because you can't hear me talk on Instagram unless you watch a story or something. But then if you miss the story, the really good one, it's gone if you missed it. So I don't know how to do that with a still image or if you just like consistently put out, um, you know, video stories like every single day on Instagram, but I mean, what, what do you guys think? I, cause I'm, I'm, I'm looking IGTVs. at that right now. Yeah. It's more IGTVs. Mm. It's, it's definitely tough to have your personality come off with like a super polished photo of you in a suit, like right. walking around sipping wine, you know? Yeah. You look pompous. Yeah. And <laughs> not that you don't like I'd the say, wine or look good in the suit. Say embrace it. Yeah. Embrace the pomp. <laughs> Embrace the pomp. Embrace, Embrace the, the pomp. pomp. That's the new pomp hashtag. <laughs> pomp it <Yeah>. up. <laughs> no, I think uh, for me, I think most people see my underwear because it's like the number one video on my channel, which <laughs> it's like, it's a pretty good summation of it. But yeah. I, I think I do doing. get that. <laughs> I, did, I had no idea when I put that video up. But no, I get a lot of DMs and like emails from guys that say I helped them with stuff. So I think like, dig dig through the videos just see that i just put out a lot of videos and uh and just try and put out as helpful stuff as i can i'm a fan yeah Thanks. sure Thanks. yeah i on mine i'd say because i started on the instagram side of things so um it, it's taken me a little bit of wa while to figure out what the right message is or how to convey my personality so like my captions end up being like short stories basically but uh, I think that's how I get my humor across and like my point across. So I, I, for me, I just, I'm trying to build a community over there. So that's hopefully, again, hopefully it's approachable. And I just want people to view it like, I'm just your friend that you can come to for whatever advice, you know, local fashion guy. Yeah. How much did it change though? How much did it change though? After you did a face reveal? Cause I remember finding you yeah. when you didn't show your face and that was a huge change for you. Yeah, you know, I think there was a little bit of a surprise once the face actually came out on the gram. Um, but the I don't know that I necessarily saw a change. I think the messages stopped being like, when are you going to show your face? Or what do you look like? But 
Uh, actually, I remember your message after that. I'd be like, yeah, I was definitely expecting an uggo. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> happy to disappoint. <laughs> I still don't know why some people don't put their face on Instagram. I mean, there's some pretty you know, big pages that don't. For me, it was like a personal, like, confidence, spirit, judgment thing. Like, if I, if you know what I look like, then, like, you're, you can say whatever you want, right? Which you can anyway. I don't know. It's a head game thing. Yeah. Say? Well, the men started the same way. The men didn't do his face for, yeah. I think, seven or eight months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was just a comfort level. Yeah. I mean, deal. I, that's, I feel like we, we started with our, with our faces out there. So I went right to video. Uh, I, I skipped, yeah. I skipped nothing. Yeah, we, well, the day Jens Lounge launched its Instagram, we dropped like three videos the same exact day. So it was, we were, we were all in to start with, and then it's just been going ever since. I always like I always tell people that, you know, even if if you watch our channels and you look at our pages and maybe, you know, you can't afford what we're promoting because sometimes like things get a little outrageous with like nine hundred dollar leather jackets and that kind of stuff. But use that as inspiration to put your own outfits together. Like I'm not I would never tell anybody to buy like I can recommend tons of brands that are great. I can tell you like four or five shoe brands like Koyo and Common Projects that are essentially the exact same shoe, but it's what you want, you know, like what do you want to show off or like what, what your personality has to do with, because if you're, I guess if you're the type of guy that wants to flex the, the numbers on the classic project or the Common Projects heel, you buy Common Projects, but if you want to be that kind of guy that buys the underground like oh you no one's ever heard of this kind of thing you pick up the coyos and then if you want to be the guy that's like looking boss on a budget you pick up new republic like there's there's shoes for every type of guy and you know just because we recommend white sneakers doesn't mean you have to buy those exact white sneakers sorry tangent <laughs> that was good good point yeah uh what's up from seattle we got seattle in the building Let's nice. See. Yeah, so here we go. We got another question. Going back to college as a PhD student, what do you recommend for a student to wear so he looks older? Oh, like what do you recommend so he looks older and not like an undergraduate student? So how do you dress up? Fitted clothing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like yeah. the, the current college like uniform is those like mid-cap crew socks in white with some sort of like hype sneaker shorts and like whatever shirt there is. I think like a fitted blazer mm -hmm. and some chinos, I think you're going to look like a, like an adult. Yeah. Like, like it's really, yeah. I think it's really simple. Tailoring yeah, your clothes. That first part just describes basically all of CU's campus. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm on oh, TikTok. I know, I know exactly yeah, what the kids, well, yeah, what the kids are wearing. Are you in I your would, underwear I would on TikTok too? do the pattern. Like if, there. you know, small pattern like this is pretty out there but it's like um one of the tech fabric things because it was 100 degrees today <laughs> but i would say um like subtle patterns if you want to wear patterns but dark solids um look a little more mysterious and a little bit more expensive therefore a little bit more mature maybe so i would suggest subduing patterns and not going with like a big giant bulb crazy pattern maybe not mixing so many wild colors like yeah. keeping your palette more neutral helps elevate i always say Dark solids, just yeah. I always suggest to at least my audience anyway, dark solids. But that makes a lot of sense. 
All right. Um, best way to find a good tailor when your friends don't have recommendations. Yeah. How do you find your tailor? How did you find your tailor? Google. Yeah. Yeah. I looked for the first five star review. <laughs> basically. And, it, yeah. and it worked and he's good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now we're good relationship. Happy with her. So. She's good. You know who does you know who does really well is like a, a tailor that just works on like wedding dresses. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like if, if, if somebody could take apart a wedding dress, they could do a, a suit. That's exactly and a jacket. who I found. <laughs> yeah, that's who mine. Mine is the same way. Yeah. I got I got some guy in downtown LA that like is just like a hole in the wall building, but he does great work and it's very very inexpensive. I feel like when you're in a community that has more competition the tailoring prices go down and when you're in, in like the suburbs when there's like one tailor per town your prices get like jacked way the hell up right yeah <laughs> you can also i mean a lot of dry cleaners mm -hmm. will have recommendations for tailors either they will take your clothes and do the tailoring or they'll have somebody that they can recommend <clears throat> that makes perfect sense um john did you is your your first first guy on Google just great? Sorry, uh, me. Yes, John, John with an H. Sorry. So okay, so yes and no. Um, there is someone local. I I don't have a ton of things tailored presently, but there is one place that I go to here in town, and they always do a great job. Um, when I was in Seattle last year, I had spent. I think 200 bucks to have four pair of trousers, two trousers and two chinos tailored. And they had great reviews. Everyone was loving them. I had them do one pair to test them and they did a good job. So I'm like, okay, we'll do this to all four. And they were horrible. They did. Like, they I don't come know. Out the same. They, they, they tried to fix the chinos. I, I don't know. I'm kind of one that's like, if you screw it up, like I'll ask, maybe can you try to redo it? Yeah. But if you still can't, I'm just out and I'm never gonna come back. I'm not gonna blast yeah. you or anything, but I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna go crazy trying to make you fix it. I will suggest, you know, you know, do you think we could like, you know, maybe lengthen this or shorten this or whatever they did wrong? Um, I think that they these were too short. Yeah. And I wanted them lengthened. And they gave me a little bit of trouble because the scene that they had pressed, I was like, okay, well, can you just do it? Can I come back in a couple of days and can we just like try? Go, okay, okay. And then it was almost like they were put out by me asking them to fix it. So they probably don't get many all, people that are say, as stylish as you. Yeah. yeah, maybe they didn't quite understand what I wanted. That's the other thing. Um, you, you have to be willing to tell them what you want and not let them tell you what they want to do. Yeah. And then take one pair of chinos or one shirt that maybe yeah, doesn't test, matter. Test garment is a great idea. Yeah, test I was just garment. Say, yeah. I'll start with one before you go all in. Just try have them dart it, have them shorten it, or do something simple, and then you can sort of build a relationship from there. But yeah, those guys like just wasn't super happy. But I've got I've got someone here that's pretty good. Okay, so I got I got another tailoring question. What what was the worst tailoring experience you've had that was your fault? Like you looking back now, you're like, wow, I shouldn't have tailored something like that. I thrifted a double-breasted jacket when I was in college because I needed a like a suit jacket, 
and it was way too big and they were like you know this is going to cost a lot of money and i was like i don't care just do it i love the joke. and they they completely <laughs> destroyed awesome. no it was just like i got it for goodwill for like 30 dollars, and uh they like completely destroyed it and i was like well that was my fault yeah. <laughs> were you trying to take it it was, it was probably like a it was no it was probably like, yeah oh yeah it was short it was probably like a 40 probably like a 46 or something and i was like wearing it and i was like guys you can fix this and they were like we, we can't do that and um i ended up having to pay for this like all the time they put into it because i was back and back and back and uh, you make that mistake only once. i mean i think i think my biggest mistake was with with tailoring pants like i made everything one too tight and then too too short like things were like you could almost see my calf in some of the pants that i had tailored like early on because i was like no break at all like i never want anything to break in my pants um and then one time i got to the point where i tailored it like my my i tailored the the ankle so tight that i couldn't even get my foot through the pants and i was like too embarrassed to take it back to the tailor because i was like well this sucks you asked for it (laughs) yeah so yeah, those those were my my biggest mistakes was definitely like tailoring the pants too tight and too short. That's funny. Yeah, I think uh, back in high school I was in this little club and we had to have like a uniform, which is basically a sport coat and pants. But everybody chose a specific style of pant. It was some type from J.C. Penney or something. But they only like the size is like a thirty-eight waist, which is a lot bigger. So we tried to take those down <laughs> and they definitely looked like I was wearing a diaper most of the time, but it was, you know, that's fine. <laughs> Live and learn. I mean, yeah. Hey, you know, we've all, but that's the thing about tailoring is tailor your cheap stuff first before you make these mistakes with your expensive stuff. Or yeah. do it yourself. If you're wow. not afraid of a sewing machine, I mean, that's a whole other, I'm not saying I'm there, but uh, there's a guy and I had him on my channel um, on YouTube, Stylish Dad or Stylish Corral. Dad. Yeah. Stylish Dad. Yeah. Yeah. He does like really good tutorials and he's a cool guy on how to do your own stuff and how not to be afraid of a sewing machine. So, I mean, I, I, I tailored like a few fairs of pants for like when I used to valet cars and I just, I just ran a sewing machine like just at an angle down the thing and like honestly it didn't look that bad for a pair of like black dickies type chinos like it worked there was it it had like a little drop crotch-esque to it but like um yeah i I wouldn't trust myself with a pair of suit pants or something with like some like flow to it but something that has like a thick structure like denim or something with some stretch you can pretty much get away with trying it yourself if you didn't spend too much money on it I used to do it with all my yeah. dress shirts. I would run a seam up here dart to tighten up the body. But I didn't. I didn't oh, yeah. even go as far as darts. I just tightened the <laughs> seam right here, and uh, it ended up working for a lot of them. I still have some of the shirts now. They're a little bit too tight, but that was my first time. I was just same thing. Just run it right up the sides. Just, just eyeball it. You're too tight because you're getting all swollen now, John. It's, I, I had to get rid of all of them. I had to get rid of all my pants. None of them fit anymore. Um. Actually, okay, so this question is super fun. Um, What changes in trends are you seeing regarding how a suit should fit from even two years ago? Like, what were we wearing two years ago that we're not wearing now? I I feel like I'm wearing the same stuff, but, like, 
when it's you know like I feel like everything got really really skinny like five years ago and then things are starting to kind of ease their way out right now but I think now they're kind of getting bigger like it's a more relaxed fit now so I think we're going to see a little opening up into more relaxed fits and more um still tailored but like more like carrot fit pants and that kind of stuff versus just like the slim fit suit with wide lapels kind of thing so a little less tailored or not it's still tailored but you know just wider yeah i would say for me probably two years ago i wouldn't have considered pleated pants again and now they're yeah sort of coming back and i'm feeling it so yeah definitely more drape yeah, I'd say it went from being slim to having some drape to everything. And I find that in my own stuff. It's like I want, I want to have a little bit more room, and I'm not as. I I think the first the first couple of custom suits I had had like a one and a half inch lapel, and now I'm kind of like, give me a three, give me a three and a half, yeah. like give, yeah. me, <laughs> give me a little bit bigger. Plus, I'm also learning more about my own proportions. It's like I don't need to have that super slim. You know, it helps to have a little bit more uh, room in these things. That's a lot of it, too, I think, is like, you know, depending on your body shape and how wide your shoulders are, you know, I'm a fairly small guy. It's like, you know, George is a, you know, a, a broader shoulder guy. John's getting swole, so he's getting all big now. And so, like, <laughs> so you guys can have a little wider lapel, whereas a, obviously a skinnier lapel is going to look a little weird yeah. on, on you guys. But um, I've got a couple of... Um, Oh gosh, who is it? Oh geez, I just had the, I just had it. Um, the brand, uh, Top Man. Mm -hmm. I have two Top Man suits, and I bought these suits. Don't laugh. I bought these suits for uh, a specific reason. I, I have a pink suit, and I've got this gray, crazy pattern kind of a thing. I've worn each of them once for the specific event that I bought them for. Um, very skinny you know like skinny lapel super like way too slim fit and so i think the difference like george was saying is the trend went really really skinny and now it's loosening back up mm -hmm. but i mean i'll also say that i think any style of suit can fit the majority of any style of body type if you get the width of your tie right and like the height of your collar and where you're where your shirt meets the lapels because it's all about proportions in the end. So if your tie and your shirt and your suit work together, then it's going to be a little bit more okay than if you had like tiny lapels and a giant tie or huge lapels and a tiny tie. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's definitely like you could, I've been kind of teetering with this on like people really focusing on face shape too much. Like, Oh, I only have a square face, but like, if you grew a beard or like increased the volume of your hair, wouldn't your face change from a square to an oval at that point? Like, could you change your face shape based on facial hair and like hairstyle? Clearly I have. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's, that's what I'm saying is like, just because with a shaved head, you have like a square face doesn't mean you can't fix that to wear a certain type of sunglass or like it's, it's what you're working with at the time that defines what your face shape is. Sorry, I digressed again. Um, sorry, I, it's the Blantons. Er, yeah, Eric. Eric has been has been commenting here. Um, he's a longtime follower, but when creating new content, do you focus on getting new followers or keeping old followers? That's a good question. 
You can't say you don't, don't think I don't about know followers because that that's rude. I don't know that I even think about that. <laughs> I'm just creating new content. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's nice to gain followers if you put out content that appeals to a new audience. But honestly, I don't think about it. I think about creating content on the regular. I mean, right now I'm taking a little bit of a break on YouTube. Um, but no, I'm, I'm trying to create content that my um, demographic umbrella uh, can hopefully relate to. That's all I'm that's all I'm worried about for me. Yeah, I would say when I'm creating content, it's not I'm not thinking about the growth that's going to come out of this photo or this video that that I'm going to post. But yeah, rather if the content's valuable is what I'm thinking of. So I'd say I'm on John's page there. Yeah, I'm still trying to make the videos that I want to watch. So it's more for me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Another question, though. Do you do you ever consider remaking like older videos because yes you think you can do them better now 100 percent. okay yeah i yeah. have old blog posts because i was i i had a website and a blog for seven years six years before i started making videos i started making videos to help drive traffic to my website mm -hmm. and then it sort of flopped but yeah i've got a bunch of old content on my website that I would love to make into new videos. I think they would do well, and like I think that they're still relevant topics even today. Okay, so Eric, Eric just followed up this question. He asked because it all seems the same after a while for a longtime subscriber. Like, I mean, how many five shoes to wear this summer can we get? I, so, look, I get it. I'll man. jump on that. I'll jump on that really quick. So, at least for me, and I would say the majority of the YouTube community that puts out content. We're putting out content that is searchable now, right? We want to be discovered. We, we want to grow and, and, and all of that. And so it's, it is like spring is here. Like what, how to wear this for spring, floral patterns for spring, shoes for spring, shorts for spring. So everyone's kind of doing the same thing, but everyone's putting their own kind of spin on it. Um, and it's all what's relevant now. I think. And trends change, so we have to yeah. we have to put out five shoes for summer every summer because the five shoes are different. Sometimes they're the same, but sometimes they're different. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say as someone who's you know YouTube channel is relatively new, but same thing. I'm still trying to search those topics that are discoverable and searchable. So yeah, some of it, you know, maybe it's not video that I've made before, but you know, any of you guys have done similar topics. But I think it's all about what your spin on it is. So. If your audience again likes your personality, then hopefully they come for that. But right, I I don't think yeah, if the content's relevant for the season or the topic or what's trending right now, like I don't see an issue with continuing to dive in on it. But I mean, I mean I, right I, now it's quarantine topics. Yeah, I, but I <laughs> right. I think I think all four of us could make a video on like bold outfits every day for like the next week, and we'd have different outfits every day. You know, like bold outfits are bold outfits, but but what was bold last summer might not be bold this summer. Like there's there's some things that change a little bit, you know, fits change a little bit. And I think with most of our channels, we try to focus on classic styling, things that'll last you a long time. Think We don't really focus on trends too much. Like we may touch on them and mention them, but we're never like 
you have to wear a fanny pack on your front, like a like a purse. And we're not, we're not street style. Tomorrow. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I mean, I've I've tried it. It's comfortable. Like I can have all my stuff right here, which is nice, and I don't have to put stuff in my pockets. But it's it's just not a great look. Um. All right. So let's see what else we got. Um. Someone asked. I found it. This one would be fun. Quick, quick question. Vans or Converse? Ready, go. Vans. Vans. Con- Converse. Vans. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shot down. All right, so now now the real question. Obviously, Chuck Taylor's for Converse, yes? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What Now, what Vans? I just like the classic skate silhouette. I don't even know what the name for it is. Where it's just yeah, like I don't... single color. You got the, the stripe. What is it? Like what is the, the Authentics? Authentic. That is that the is? one that has like, like the, the, the like it's like three three eyelets and it's like a kind of like a ked essentially with a thicker yeah. sole. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's so my I like classic skate shoe. I, like, I like the one with the low profile sole. Yeah, one, like the thick white sole. I'm not a big of a fan of the like mm. low profile ones. Isn't that the women's that's version? Maybe... <laughs> no, it is not, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's unisex. I, have two. I, I can go grab them. They're gray and black. What size They're shoe do you wear? Uh, those ones were like. Ten and a half, elevens, I think. That's a women's nine. Yeah. They make women's shoes that big. <laughs> yeah, no, because, because honestly, like I totally agree with you. Like I like those shoes better too, and I tried to buy them, but they didn't make them big enough in a in my size. Well, that's back when you had to like go scope out like zoomies and places like that's, that. That's that's true. I I was at Pax I was at PacSun searching for low profile vans. Yeah, I got they're literally on my shoe rack right now. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I. And even if they were women's shoes, it's still okay. Dude, like, okay, so that's another topic. Um, I don't. I wouldn't go as far as like guys wearing like dresses and whatnot. But like, do you think men can wear women's clothing? Because every time I go to a Lacoste like showroom tour and like see what they're coming out for the next season, I pick up a pair of something, and I'm like, "Are these men's?" And they're like, "Nope." And I'm like, I, I "Like what?" Um, I know like they, they had this, yeah. they had this dope overcoat that like I put on cause it was like oversized for women. So it fit me and I was like, this is sick. And they're like, that's a lady's coat. And I was like, I don't give yeah. a shit. But I mean, what, 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 like, what do you guys think about that? Like, do you think there's like a certain uh, gender fits. for it? For clothing? It fits well and it looks good. Like why not? I, I mean, I think you're worried about like, you're going to be walking around like Michael Scott in the office with everybody pointing out. <laughs> Min- it's a power blazer. suit. It's a power yeah. suit. <laughs> because the button's button on the wrong There's way. no pockets. There's no pockets yeah. on the back. <laughs> but, I mean, I think if it's, no cut, I think if it's cut for you, then go yeah. for it. Like, Everlane has a lot of stuff that, like, I'll look at him like, I would wear that. Yeah. But, but I know that the cut would not fit my body. And so I think, or I think a good example though, and it's not as extreme though, is um, like Brock will talk about shopping at the kids section for really short guys. It's like the the kids section of a Ralph Lauren or a Brooks Brothers is really good for guys under five five, and like they can get great clothes in the kids section. But then like if you have a complex about wearing kids clothing, then maybe not. Dude, I mean, I, I remember like one of my ex girlfriends used to shop at like Abercrombie Kids because she fit into it. And it was like half the price of regular Abercrombie. I was like, right. Yeah, talk about savvy. <laughs> yeah. This is so fascinating, you guys. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the only- dude, I used to wear girl pants. Like, I like before skinny jeans were a thing, oh, yeah. like, I wore girl pants. Like, I was an emo kid. Like, 
punk rock. So I had American Eagle girl pants, like four different pairs, because they didn't make skinny jeans. And yeah. granted, the, the they were super, super low rise at the time. So thankfully, men came around to skinny jeans. And I didn't realize you could tailor things when I was in high wow. school. But yeah. I think the only female item of clothing that I've ever, it was probably two or three years ago, uh, my shoe size is nine and a half. So all of the no-show socks at that point were one size fits all, which basically means they're a size 13. Okay. And it always slip off the back of my foot. So I was at DSW and I saw some women's no-show or like the really low no-show socks. And I'm like, let me try them because they're smaller. And they were, they were great. Until I found like what I'm wearing now, I, I, I'm a fan of stance, no-show socks, mm-hmm. but like they stayed on my foot perfectly. They didn't slide off. They weren't too big, but otherwise this is a fascinating yeah, there was there was sort of some of the comments on my no show video last year. They were like, "Dude, you didn't shop in the women's section. Like, they've got it figured out." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, it's like that. If you're a nine and a half, I mean, now like they have, you know, uh, no show socks do come in different sizes. And I always thought, I remember years ago thinking someone should make no show socks or socks in general that are size because they're always made for the size twelve. Like they're universal. Right. And like, so for me, a nine and a half, the size 12 sock, the little, the heel cap is like halfway up the back of my fucking ankle. <laughs> it's, a, it's a show sock at that point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So one, I guess we got it. We got another question from Carlos. Um, you guys know Bobby, everyday gentleman. He's in the building. He says, what's up? So we have to show you. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Um, all right. So. Is it Bobby or Robert? I call him Robert. I don't, is it? Should I be? Should I switch that to Bobby? I mean, I feel like that's it's that's his real name. Like people could call me Georgie if they wanted to. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay. But no, I think I'll have it, to have a conversation on, with on his him. Instagram. It's uh, Bobby Nax. Like that's it's Bobby. Yeah. yeah. So I call him Bobby. But then he he introduces himself as Robert. So that's also on his videos is Robert. Yeah. So that's. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So next question. Um, <clears throat> This one might be harder than we think it's going to be, but uh, top five dress shoe brands, like off the top of your head, no thinking, just what comes to mind. Five. John, go. Yeah. John, Listen, I, get, <laughs> I get this new pair of Carminas <laughs> right go, here that I'm really excited about. Uh, but I guess it, if it's like budget or for me, like I, I spent time at Allen Edmonds and I feel like they cover most guys. They cover the most amount of sizing. They have classic styles. They have newer sneakers. And uh, Allen Edmonds to me is one of like the gold standards because it's a great shoe at a great price. Uh, Carmina, I have a pair of their shell cordovans that I really like. And that's like, if you want really nice shoes, Carmina, you can, it's really tough to beat. I think Blake McKay makes some of the best dressed shoes uh, for the price. I, I do caveat that with they have a line at DSW that's not as well made as the one that's online. So you have to like watch oh. where well, you get them from. They have a China-made one and an Italian-made one. Yeah, you got to watch where you got to watch the prices on those because that'll reveal where they are made. So Blake McKay is really good, and then uh, 
I think any of these custom shoe companies are really cool to try out. Or and I mean, I know Taft is a is a big uh, is a big one for for you guys as well. And Taft makes some really like unique looking shoes. Like companies like Undandy or Idris, uh, like you can make your own whatever shoe you want at whatever color, and that's cool to experiment with. And so I'd say that's that would cover you for pretty much every style and uh, design you're looking for. Or send the box. <laughs> <laughs> New uh, summer loafer here. Ooh, what? what? Oh, oh, dang! Look at that. Yeah, I penny. like that dark chocolate. Penny loafer here. Wow. See, that's why you wow. buy nice shoes. Because you get to go like... <laughs> yeah, I have I have right? a pair of Shell Cordovans from them that I spent more money than I ever thought I would spend on a pair of shoes. But it's like the pair of shoes that I always want to put on. Wow. I'll just throw in um, uh, Ace Marks because I think they're doing a really, really yes. good job for a really great price point. Um, I think that they could be charging more for... I, I don't know how many pairs of shoes I have from them now, but I think they're doing a really... I, they're doing a great job. They just are. Sorry, I, I missed I missed the answers for this. My wife wanted me to grab her a beer, so I had to do some work real quick. <laughs> um, but I guess my top five would probably be Taft, Santoni, Magnani. Um, Blake McKay is awesome. Like for the price, you really can't beat it. And then I really like the M Jemmy loafers. You you have those right? John, I have those, and I have their driver shoe. Their drivers, yeah. I love their like, drivers. Their too. loafer is the the best, like summertime loafer, because it's like it's so thin, it's so like bendy. It just feels like you're wearing nothing, and it looks great with like a very slim fit pair of trousers. The main loafers I wear all summer though are my Jay Butlers. Ah, I have a couple of Jay yeah, Butlers. Yeah, yeah, those are good too. Their tie yeah, loafer. I they're they basically because they're all leather, they've like formed to my foot. They feel like a I got some. Right over there, two pair right over there. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, I wear those all summer. There we go. I'm just slipping on my loafers now. <laughs> just trying them on. <laughs> Boom. Look at that. Well, they're they're online too, so they're like really, really slim, really thin here. Yes. Oh, cool. That's how, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Next question If you were buying a suit, a custom suit, do you go to a local suit shop or a chain? Which one would you most likely to be go to go to? I found with some of the local shops. I found with some of the local shops, like if you go to a tailor, they'll have like a minimum. You have to order like a couple of things, and that's where your prices end up getting a little bit too high. But it's definitely, I I think if you can go to a a physical place, that's the best experience Mm -hmm. you can get. Um, If you like, I think Suit Supply and Indochino have most cities covered. Uh, but it's always good to have that personal in-person experience. Yeah, but I, do you also feel like some, not all the time, but a lot of the time your local suit shop is also doing essentially like made in China, made to order, made to measure. It's the same suit essentially that you're getting from Indochino, but it's it feels more custom because it's a local suit shop and they're doing it themselves and they have to charge more because they are not as large so they have have to have higher margins so like you're obviously supporting small businesses which is a great thing but i don't know if the quality of suit is going to be even like better than what you would get from something like an indochino or a suit supply kind of so that's something to think about like obviously great to support local business 
And if the person there knows how to tailor things and knows how to fit you properly, that's the most important thing is going to somebody that knows how to fit you for a suit. And then you can worry about quality of fabric and construction and all that post finding someone who can fit you well for a suit. Agreed? Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Um, let's see. This one's for John. Um, John with an H. 40 over fashion, John. Um, I know you love wine. What's the best wine you've ever had? Dude, I had, and I don't even know what it is. Um, <laughs> yes. I went to Houston. And so, okay, so so there's really good wine, and then there is wine on top of experience. Yeah. Okay? So the, the, the lines can get crossed depending on the experience. I went to... Houston to see my friend Chris. I spent a couple days. He's a photographer. Met him in the photography community. Anyway, went down to Houston, spent a couple days. He took me out to this steak place, him and his girlfriend, and I was paying. So we did it. We did it like massive. It was very expensive. <laughs> and I ordered, they had, it was, so it's a steak place that has a uh, sommelier. So you know, they come over. I'm like, this is what we're having. These are my friends. I'm in town. This is all on me. I really want to enjoy what I'm having. What do you recommend? And they totally got it right. And it was this amazing. It was a cab. I don't know. I don't know what it was or where it was from or what year it was, but it was the best wine drinking experience. One of the best wine drinking experiences I've had. That's awesome. That's that's because it was it was us. It was, we were like getting it, it. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Or go to BevMo and just get a bottle from Napa, like a bottle of cab from Napa and have beef jerky and chocolate with it and just enjoy it. Yes. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing about wine is like someone can tell you this is the best wine in the world. And you're like, mm, if you're not, if you're not into wine, one, it's like still tastes like wine to me. Like your palate is not there. And I've, I've been lucky enough to experience some like like $1,500 bottles of wine. And honestly, they were lost on me. I was like, I'll take this $15 bottle that I'm used to because I know it's great. And I feel bad drinking this because I do not, <laughs> I do not appreciate it. But, you know, like the, it, wine's kind of like whiskey where once you get into the story behind it and the vineyard and like, oh, this year – the rains were so bad, but we were still able to harvest and it was beautiful. And like the, the grass was growing and it smelled like roses. And you're like, you get more in, like you get more into the, to the wine, the more you hear the story behind the wine, which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like Blanton's was like the first person to ever do like small batch bourbon or single barrel <laughs> bourbon where they only take like the best, the best of the best. So that's how they kind of got, but like, once you hear the story behind it, you're like, okay, I'll spend 50 bucks a bottle, you know, I'll, I'll pay the extra 20 bucks for this story because, you know, it's something you can tell your friends when you bring it over to a party. You're like, you know, on this bottle, like yeah. the, the horse, like they have different bottles that will actually like do like a stop motion of the horse running. So on different bottles of Blanton's, it has like different stages of a horse trotting. So you can kind Very of cool. put the whole thing together and make like a, cool. like a little horse race. See, it's the, it's the story behind it. Like now, people want to go buy a bottle of Blams and see if I'm yeah, telling the truth. Yeah, now I want to go Google it. <laughs> I want to say my bottle of wine was around three hundred dollars. Yeah, but at a at a restaurant if, though, 
at a restaurant, okay. right? And so you could probably go to Bevmo or like source it somewhere else for like ninety five dollars, yeah. probably. That's the that's the classic markup. Yeah. Um, this one's fun. I I actually have been kind of wanting to chat with you guys about this, so we might as well do it live, right? Um, with Menfluential coming to an end, do you think there's a void left for a marquee style event in the United States? I never considered that the marquee style event. I think that's part of why they didn't keep going is they didn't have a real identity for it. Like it was style con and then it was something else. And then it was, uh, I think to open up the fashion weeks more like New York fashion week or like, did they, I know they do a Denver fashion week. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure they do stuff in LA. It's uh, awful. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It will ever get the pity the pity Womo of the U S it's like, I don't think that's a priority here. And I think we're so spread. It's like the only place you do it, it would be New York or LA. You could do Miami. Well, yeah. Yeah. Miami's too hot, but it, Italy's hot. In summer. Italy's not Miami hot. Italy's not swamp, swamp Miami hot. That's true. Dude. I, but like, I honestly want, I think we could do it. <clears throat> I think we could do it in LA and I think we could get, you know, couple thousand people to come out like because pity almost also like a trade show so do we like it's it's really like how you structure the event which i'm not going to go into the details on here but like like to get a bunch of menswear dudes to suit up for a weekend and like you know hang out that's that's easy enough to do if you get a few sponsors on board to you know sponsor some some stuff with ticket prices you get a shirt or a custom suit or something like easy but like what is the what's the goal of the event? Because like Menfluential was cool because you actually got some business advice, but it it wasn't it and in the end it wasn't even like really style focused. It was like fifty percent style, other percent just like networking and figuring life out, which is great. But if you, if you're just interested in in style and whatnot, what do you do? You know, like I feel like it. it we could put a three day conference together where we could get some sponsors involved and have some fun, but it's just structuring the event to do it well. Yeah. I've, I've put, I've actually put some thought into this actually. And I do think that there is, um, there's an audience for it. I Mm -hmm. think that people would attend providing that there's something of value, not just going to Peacock. Right. Right. Um, there's, there's gotta be something, whether it's, you know, influencer related, or I'm, I'm trying to start a blog or, you know, I, I think that Menfluential did have, you know, um, a lot going for it in, in terms of, you know, having, you know, YouTube famous people there that you could talk to and you can ask questions like they were approachable, you know, but what if you're, what if you want to start a clothing brand or what if there's another aspect of the fashion industry that you're into? Um, maybe there wasn't much that influential for, for you at that point, but I got, I, I feel like there's the question is, is there a void? I think there always has been a void. I, I don't think anyone's really tapped into it completely yet. And I don't know what that looks like, but I mean, I, I've thought about it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, hey, if you guys want to brainstorm it together, we can we can figure out how to get get a little menswear event going once a year in in LA, and then we'll build it, and it'll be twice a year. 
and then we'll go worldwide and we'll take over the world. It'll be awesome. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. Between you and me and, and everybody watching, I thought about approaching uh, Aaron and Antonio to just take it over or, or buy it. Right. Um, but it just never happened. And I didn't, yeah, there's, I'm, I'm not ready for it. So. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, We'll talk about this off off camera because I'm, I'm gonna... they they did say though that they would still do twice a year meetups on the coast. They would do Correct. a New York meetup and then a West Coast meetup. So yeah. they still are planning to do something. They just don't want to have the three day structure, get everybody there, organize yeah. a ton of stuff. They want to they want to be able to go to a place, say, hey, we're gonna be here if you want to come meet us, and then go from there. So they're still gonna do some sort of event. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Which is cool. We can I, have I like our it. our conference around the same time. There right, <laughs> they're the key, they're the kickoff. Yeah, well, well yeah, right. They're the, they're the kickoff party on Friday, and then yeah, we, if you want to stay for the rest of it, because that's that's the thing is is to like if you make it something like like a New York Fashion Week where you have little sub events at like different venues. If it's all like downtown LA or all downtown, even Colorado, you know, wherever you get like a few different breweries to sponsor different style events and. You know, you have like your casual style, your menswear style, maybe like a whiskey tasting, a cigar event. Um, yeah. People can go to what they want to, and then they can come back for like something at the end of the night or a dinner or whatever. Um, yeah, I think that's how you address the different events for if you're starting a brand versus if you're starting a blog versus. Right, like little little breakup break groups. Yeah. Um, that didn't sound right, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's. Yeah, see. come to Denver. We got a good convention center. Yeah. Although it's about to go under construction, so. Some someone just asked, "What's wrong with peacocking?" <laughs> I just saw that. <laughs> I don't mind it, like, but it, it like like if your outfit's peacocking, like you really can't be. You have to be like the nicest guy ever, you know. Like you got to balance everything out. <clears throat> that's that's like half a pity Womo. It's just a bunch of dudes peacocking. Yeah. Yeah, there's videos dedicated to just the peacocks at Pity Womo. <laughs> and then it's like it's like wearing ridiculous stuff for the sake of wearing ridiculous stuff. And to I be mean, photographed. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it only works in that situation. It doesn't like you couldn't wear that to the office. You couldn't wear it on a date. You'd look like such a weirdo. Yeah. But like at, at Pity Omo on the on that little ledge, it fits. It works. It makes <laughs> sense. But like that's the thing about everyday style versus like like runway style and red carpet style. It's it's totally different. I think people look at like red carpet fashion and they're like, I want to wear a tux with sparkles on it. And like you you can't wear that every day. You can't wear that to like a wedding or it's like a one time deal. They wear it because it's like an event, like the biggest event of their lives for most people. So you got to show out for that. But like it's you can't wear a sparkly blazer on a regular basis realistically unless you're that type of person. It's more power to you if you are. Yeah, sure. I mean, go for it. But there's there's like 2% of the population that can pull off a sparkly blazer every day. Um all right, next next question. How do, how do you avoid succumbing to a shopping addiction while building a wardrobe? That's a good question. Setting a budget. Yes. Okay. You got to set like a real budget and some goals. Like, what do you want to build? I did this with ties. I think I had a 125 ties at one point. Jeez. I just like kept 
buying them and like i was like going to the thrift store and i was buying on ebay and then the tie bar i was like one of their best customers for a couple of years <laughs> and now like i wear three or four ties that are really nice and uh it's like that's one of the things that i now through my videos i'm trying to say look back off here's how you build a collection really thoughtfully but you have to set like a budget because i definitely when i first started my corporate job i was like all right i'm just gonna buy whatever i need and uh you can go overboard yeah i mean i think that's the thing about like when you chase trends, it's hard to build like a consistent wardrobe that's going to last five to 10 years. Like if, if you were buying two inch ties five years ago, now you don't wear probably any of those ties because they're too thin. So if, you, if, you're, if you're always like, you know, three inch notch lapel, two and a half inch tie, you're going to be fine always and forever. And your ties are going to look really good. So I think it's more of like kind of an age thing because if you buy like three ties a year by the time you're 60 you're gonna have 90 ties so or i guess if you start at 30 but yeah <laughs> but yeah like build build your collection kind of slowly you don't need to go to a, a mall and just buy your wardrobe in one day I think that's what a lot of guys think they need to like re up and make a wardrobe with with one shopping experience, and I think it really helps to, I guess, build it over like get a great pair of jeans, then get an Oxford, you know, then yeah. then slowly piece it collect piece your collection around what's in your closet. So knowing what's in your closet is very important, but then after that you can kind of. You can pick little little sparks of fun every now and then. You know, get a wild tie, get a wild shirt, but keep your core collection kind of neutral and fitted. I'd also say look at holes in your wardrobe. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna actually talk about this um, coming up in. Um, yeah, look look at holes in in your wardrobe. Like, what do you need? Not what do you want, but like, I mean, yes, like what we want is very cool. But if you're if you're asking about how to avoid succumbing to the shop shopping addiction, like what like where where do you have holes in your wardrobe? Is it short sleeve button downs? Is it denim? Then just focus on maybe getting like two pair of denim to fill that hole, or you know one or two pair or, or, or like one or two short sleeve button downs to fill that hole. Then you don't need to go crazy, right? If you've got a ton of button-down dress shirts, like you're you're pretty good there. I don't think you really need anything more. But if you have a hole in your chino game, or if you have a lot of dark chinos and you really don't have a whole lot of light colored chinos, and you need maybe a light blue and a light um, tan, that's just two pair of chinos. That's really all you would need them at that point. So kind of keep it keep it simple. That's great advice. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. I'm with that. I know. Have you met me? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So we've we've been going for like an hour and a half already. Um, I don't know if we want to call it or if we want to keep going for a couple more minutes, take a few more questions. Up to you guys. The sun is set here. Why don't we do like, a, is there any rapid fire final questions? Rapid fire final questions. Um not not that have been asked in the comments, but I guess we could make some up. What's the, Who makes the polo you're wearing, John? This is John Henrik. This is Merino wool. Yeah, that's fire. It's a little zipper. Yeah, it looks nice. Yeah. They make good stuff. I like their stuff. Yeah. We're supposed to do something with them very, very soon. Um, but 
Let's see. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, right. Supposedly, supposedly, we'll, we'll figure. I was it supposed out. to do something with them uh, a month and a half ago. <laughs> John, but, Henry, yeah, it, John Henry, if you're watching. <laughs> no, it's like it's, it's nothing against them. It's like the supply chain is the problem. This stuff is manufactured in Italy. Italy had a crisis, which you know hurt uh, supply chain. So, yeah, nothing against them at all. Like I'm. I'm a huge fan of John Henry. Yes. So yeah. the fashion apparel industry sales are down 80%. So. I mean, <laughs> they're hurting. Sweat, sweat, Every brand sweatpants is, is up. Everybody, yeah, everybody. Bourbon is up. Sweatpants. Yeah. Sweatpants, <laughs> alcohol, and skincare is all up. Yeah. And <clears throat> Nintendo Switches, too. You can't find those. Oh, yeah. They're still out. <laughs> I'm thinking about getting an Xbox. Is, do you guys play Xbox? You, I have a PS4. I'm there, man. Okay. Let me know when you do. You got so you got Xbox, you got PS4. John, are you you gaming at all? No, I've got a no. <laughs> <laughs> what what you just look I at? I do have a new I've got a new computer game that I'm testing out for a potential brand deal. So we'll sort of see how that works out. I want to play in the worst way American Truck Simulator, but I know that if I install that on my iMac, I will lose <laughs> I will I will I will tank my entire life. <laughs> I watch videos of that on YouTube, and it's I I know my own personality. I would play so much of American Truck Simulator. Do you remember oh when like um like flight simulators were like a huge thing? Yes. Were you I, I, were you oh on yeah. that? Oh yeah. You're still. On I bought that? the. I bought not now. I bought, but I used to have the rig, right? I had the thing. I had I had all the inputs, and I had the headset, and I was like, I was very, I'm very into that. <laughs> Dude, I want the like the Formula One chair that like moves around and like you sit yeah. in it and there's like eight screens in front of dude, you. That we covered, dude, we covered that that, that um, the guy that made that when we did the Discovery Channel show. So I got to drive mm -hmm. in one of those, and like dude, I dude. legitimately got whiplash because I like wrecked the car so hard. I, it like oh, shook man. me. Um, but That's how actual races are being done right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, They're using I the simulators. In cars doing stuff. Yeah, but it's so much safer. Like I was, I honestly got caught one day watching, um, like Formula, whatever, like Gran Turismo, someone playing online, and I watched like two hours of that race because I was like, this is so exciting because you're not worrying about like anybody dying. People are making like really crazy moves, and then like there's like a judge that that takes over and like tells you, Oh, you bumped you. So you get two seconds off your time. And it was, it was crazy. Was cool. I was really into formula E was doing stuff and they put everything on YouTube. I was really into watching formula E. It was all yeah. electric. Yeah. F1 cars. It's interesting because they, they don't, put new tires on and put gas in it they change cars they get, they get out of the car yeah, and they go to a new car it's right? charged up ready to go they get in a new car i know i mean that's helpful i guess because if something breaks on the car you got your, your new car to figure it yeah, out right it's crazy all right so yeah. last last yeah, question really. last question before we go um how are we keeping our hairstyles on point during quarantine self-haircut got a video coming very soon wow <laughs> And I mean, if if you call any of, if you call this on point, it is it is not. Yeah, if you call this is yeah, incorrect. I'm about to buzz it all off. I'm really sick of it, dude. dude gonna... I don't know, John. I don't. I don't know. know. It I looks kind of good. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah John. I think you need to rethink. I think you need to do something with it and keep the length. It looks really freaking cool. Yeah, I do. I mean, I try trimmed all this. I thought I saw you did a video on trimming your beard. Yeah. Like, I keep my neckline. I, I I've done that, but. I haven't really. My barber actually texted me and was like, "Hey, do you want me to open the shop and like do something for you?" I should have taken him up on it a couple weeks ago. Wow, <laughs> don't do it. 
Don't do Yeah, I think maybe like um, trim it, but I think you should do something with keeping the length. It looks, yeah. it's, it's cool. I like it. It's a good look. So yeah. I, I legitimately parted my hair the opposite way. Like, <laughs> like, look at how long it is over here. Like, this is not supposed to be like this. But I noticed I'm, that when you turned your head that way. <laughs> I'm trying, like, I'm trying this new thing where I think I get more volume if I go this way. So I, I'll just have my barber like clean up this side if I can grow this side out long enough to stay normal. So I might have long hair by the end. This is over. Dude, that's right. I'm trying to bring back like all the Disney high school villains and the Disney original. The just movies. the middle part. The middle part. Did, just going for it. Did anyone ever look good with a middle part? Not that you don't look good with it, but like. Oh yeah, I know what you just said. Watch, watch Brink. <laughs> yeah. Watch Brink. Did you see, did you see those my guys. TikTok video? There's I, some gold. In I there. did not see. Oh, I did see the TikTok video because you posted yeah. it on your story. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> like, oh jeez, John. <laughs> Dude, I, oh, t- yes. I tried the middle part. Go middle, middle part. You got a little bit of, what is that, like, who is that? Charlie Chaplin? Who, what's going on? Uh, Don's, that's Don's that's, that's Mugatu right the there. Long hair. I, I kinda, I, oh, I like Mugatu, yes. You need to explore the long <laughs> hair. That's what it is. <laughs> Bozo? No, Mugatu from uh, Zoolander. Yes. <laughs> okay, before, if you, before you buzz it, you have to... Diet white. <laughs> no, I did that. I used to do that when I was in swimming. I, I had one time I had a, a band of hair that went from ear to ear. That's yes. all it was. Just uh, buzzed everywhere except yeah. ear to ear. I got they pictures of it. They screwed you up on your like freshman year of swimming. Is, is that the weirdest hair? That was my senior you've year. Had? That was your senior year? Oh, we did it that to my freshman. No, I did that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's, what's the weirdest hairstyle you ever, ever had? Yeah, a single band of hair, a mohawk that went from ear to ear. It was I, I just all it was like spiked. So like if you had headphones and it was on, blonde. it just covered it up. Yes, it was blonde and it was ear to ear. Yeah, I got pictures of it. it up, of yeah, yeah, I had the I had the, like the flying V. They did that to me, like where it's just like it's terrible. I've done the like full undercut where it cut, like just like slick it back. That mm-hmm. was bad. Had a bowl cut. I've had it all, man. I had a lot of terrible hairstyles. I had a bowl cut, like third grade, fourth grade. Um, I should, you know, I made sure I shaved it up. So like this, like <laughs> just the bowl just grew from like the middle of my head. Uh, I had, I had like that shitty, um, like faux hawk euro mullet, like soccer player vibe. Like I had a good three inches in the back back Wait, here. Was, yeah, you were a hockey player. You had to have had a mullet at some point. I didn't have a mullet, but I had, I had hair down to like my shoulders. Like I had some yeah. sick flow. Um, but yeah, I think the, the Euro trash, like faux hawk mullet look like the Cristiano Ronaldo of 2007. Um, and then the bowl cut were probably the worst hairstyles I ever went with. John, John, uh, 40 over fashion. You, you got a, a worst. You saw, I, I put a, I put a story up. A shot of me at like 14 or 15 years old when I had like hair down to here. Like, I think the longest, like, this is back in like, you know, arena rock days, like, guys, I'm sorry, but like, it's okay. So I had, I was in a band and I had hair almost down to my tits. Like, I had super bushy, long, crazy rock and roll, crazy hair, <laughs> like the glam rock, like palm tree. <laughs> Were you in a band? Yeah, I was in a band when I was 14, 15, 16. So that's what you play. What's that? What'd you play? 
I play bass guitar. Bass guitar. Nice. We just you, did a lot of cover stuff. You were like, the stage presence. What's that? You had all the stage presence. That's what the bass is there for. Right. Exactly. You gotta, you gotta work <laughs> like, the crowd. Like Pete Wentz. <laughs> yes. yes. Rudy Sar- Rudy Sarzo was my was my guy back then. Or the yeah. bass player from Taking Back Sunday. You remember him? Mm-hmm. Or no, wait. The bass player from Newfound Glory was like that huge dude. Oh, damn. I was I was listening, I was literally listening to Newfound Glory this week. Dude, I've, I've been, <laughs> I get my best work done with uh, early two thousands alt rock. Just pop punk. Yeah. Yes. All right, guys. Dude, so, we were tripping out today. We had we had Alexa playing um, uh, pop hits, and it was everything on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, TikTok's it's like it's controlling it for sure. Everything on TikTok, like I know that song, like. I, know the that whole, song. I don't understand this. This means that you're nervous and shy when you do this. And then there's this. And then... This used to be like what you shot a paper football through. Yeah. <laughs> this, I, I also thought it was just like touching That's pretty wieners. Wise, oh. It was like, it was yeah, like yeah, dudes yeah. are touching wieners. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, this is, this is some shy. Okay. Oh, man. So you, I'm on TikTok. I'm on TikTok. Interesting. Uh, TikTok's an amazing place. All right, guys. Well, crazy. thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Um, glad Blake showed up for this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get him on the next one. Um, yeah, so I think we're going to do this like a weekly thing. Um, once again, thank you guys so much for hanging out. Thank you guys for everyone who watched. Um, if you haven't subscribed to all of these wonderful gentlemen's channels yet, please subscribe. I have links to them all up right here so you can see them all and do you let's see oh yes, yes you do um and you'll be able to follow them on instagram on youtube on all of the above and we'll be doing this once a week so if you haven't hit that subscribe button or like this video do that right now and we will see you on the next one guys cheers smash it cheers <laughs>